They're all lies. Let's go to X22 and find out what's going on. Does this? Alright, X-22. I did say that. Say it again. As an incoming That's freshman senator from Utah, he could have written an article outlining his views, his position, his point of reference, what he hopes to achieve. Of course, he, he didn't do that. He specifically went out of his way to level his best attack, a verbal and thought-out assassination based on character against the sitting president of the United States. And he didn't just think about this early this morning. This was pre-planned. Why did Mitt do what he did? To start the incoming congressional year with a broadside assault against the chief executive. Remember. Okay, we know they're always going to Trump. Let's hear this. Where are they? I've been avoiding it, but where are they? We have an army of digital soldiers. We are investigating. What you don't hear in between what you do hear is what you should hear. Keep your sanity. Now, without further ado. Our troops love the president, Donald J. Trump. Okay. So now, wait a second. Alyssa Milano is missing? Oh, no. Oh, no. Stay-at-home mothers everywhere pulling their hair. This account, this guy, this traitor, with Michael, I mean Michelle, Michael. and... It's not a picture from uh, a recent post. It appears like it's somewhere in the White House. It could be wrong, but there's a uh, Christmas post from this guy. It doesn't seem like a, a normal photo. It seems like an old photo. Then we go to Michelle Obama posting December 19th was the last post. Laura Bush hasn't posted anything supposedly since October 11th. Now, what's interesting is as I was going through this account earlier, I thought that she had more posts up and I think they've been removed and what's going around Twitter right now is a lot of the stuff that she posts is being removed then we get to Joe Biden December 21st was the last post interesting he puts all these children all around him in his Twitter account huh we know who he is we know he's creepy and then we've got Donald Rumsfeld hasn't posted since June 12th we know this man is evil if you haven't done your research on him you need to look George Soros, also another man who I'm pretty sure most subscribers know. Not a man. I'm sorry. Is I one of the most evil know. folks on this earth. So you see December 13th, then 14th, then 15th, and then nothing. Now we're talking 12 days. Haven't heard from him. And then you've got old Bill here. December 21st post and then had 11 day gap and then you've got peter stroke we haven't heard from this guy on twitter since august the 13th and then we've got uma abedin we haven't heard from since september 2nd what i found very interesting about this particular post the last one she put out there was senator mccain once said quote our reputations our character are the only things we leave behind when we depart this earth 
depart this earth for the final Twitter post. Yeah, because they're probably going to another planet with the space force. Who knows? They could be leaving Earth and leave us all for Nibiru. We don't know. Where's Wiener? This is this, these are the questions. We're not hearing on MSM. What's going on there? Why that particular quote? And then we've got Cindy McCain. Hasn't posted since December 18th. My husband's greatest legacy was placed in service to Arizona USA ahead of his own self-interest. She loves to use Twitter. The longest that I noticed consistently was about three or four days. And now we're talking another 10 days since she's posted anything on Twitter. Where did they go? Well, if you haven't seen this, most of you probably have. There have been two massive prison barges for ships headed to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, now. The two pictures show a prison barge in port of Moorhead City, North Carolina. The barge recently arrived from New York City. Family member who is a boat captain in this area saw it and recognized it as a prison barge from New York where he used to live. They also relayed that according to their paperwork that a second prison barge is coming from the west coast of the United States also headed for Cuba. My family member contacted me and sent the pictures because of my discussions about Gitmo and Q with him. And then this guy put, it's happening, folks. I read the docks at Gitmo were worked on to permit huge ships to dock at Gitmo. Ships will also contain prisoners. There's too many to process at once or hold at the Gitmo prisons. And then somebody put, amazing serial brain 2. Seems to confirm what we are all expecting time for the roundups and that's the video that i actually did zero brain two trump q gingerbread stockings and gitmo if you haven't seen that video check it out and then 40 head put out a post you know the good guys are winning when you start seeing massive events like this what an incredible double step forward into removing the darkness that has set itself among us so here we are with operation no tricks no treats pictures of all of these people Doctors and cops are among 277 arrested in human trafficking, online prostitution. Remember, most of these people would be described as nice people, neighbors, etc. So a week-long undercover sting targeting human trafficking and online prostitution in Polk County ended with 277 arrests that included doctors, pharmacists, and etc. As we hear Q constantly talk about, it is about the children. So the news is coming out, folks are getting arrested, and this is great, it's good news. Now to the Q clock. I was looking at these Q clocks, is what they call them. I thought, what in the world are they talking about this mirror system of Q posts and how it relates to a Q clock? Well, if you just look right here, I'll try to show you briefly. Here is 1101, which will be November 1st. If you turn the Q clock and line it up, you'll see here we have, with my mouse going in circles, December 26th lines up on the Q clock with November 1st. Now, why would that be significant? Well, November 1st, it's uh, 2017. The President of the United States will be well insulated, protected on Air Force One and abroad. Specific locations are classified. Now, what just happened December 26th this year? mirroring November 1st of last year. Air Force One aircraft spotted over Europe heading east, and we know that the president all went to an undisclosed location, which ended up being with our troops overseas. 
and you'll see here the Q clock, that line is lined up and it looks like a Q. So therefore, if that was true, then the theory was that we would have then a possible November 2nd would mirror no the December 27th date. The next day, look to Twitter exactly this, my fellow Americans, the storm is upon us, God bless. And it'd be Q55. If that happens, it happens. If not, it was just a theory that's going on around the Twitter verse. Listen, folks, I'm bringing you this special clock update video because of something that happened today that has changed my understanding of the clock, at least for this particular point in time. And it is the post you are looking at before your eyes. Let me read this. POTUS will be well insulated, protected on Air Force One and abroad. Specific locations classified. While these operations are conducted due to the nature of the entrenchment, it is time to take back our country and make America great again. Let us salute and pray for the brave men and women in uniform who will undertake this assignment to bring forth peace, unity, and return power to the people. It is our hope that this message reaches enough people to make a meaningful impact. We cannot yet telegraph this message through normal methods for reasons I'm sure everyone here can understand. Follow the questions from the previous threads and remain calm. The primary targets are within D.C. and remain at the top on both sides. The spillover in the streets will be quickly shut down. Look for more false flags. Stay alert, be vigilant, and above all, please pray. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Love is patient. Love is kind. God bless my fellow Americans. 4 10 20. That was a message from the president there. 4 10 20 in an alphabetic cipher is DJT. Donald John Trump and abroad in classified locations. It hasn't been announced. You really have to take a good look at this because maybe. This is a timeline shift on the clock. Note that 1 November 2017 is a Wednesday, just like today is a Wednesday. And it's very important stuff. Get go by with his hand over his heart, but quickly getting irritated after Laura Bush showed him the paper she was holding. Jeb looked like horrified at whatever he saw. Jeb is that swift with the acting. Now, out of all the people, I don't think Jeb is that swift with the acting. That looked genuine. Let's take that rewind it back and see what's going on. Where she was holding, Jeb looked like horrified at whatever he saw. Jeb's wife's face looks like, Hola, like canción, de mi nombre, de mi nuevo album, no, not that. She looks terrified. Maybe that's what she's thinking in Spanish. 
Oh. <laughs> he looks like he just had a hernia cross with I need Pepto Bismol like yesterday. Look at this face. Looks at the secret agent. Okay, this is an aside. And this is horrible because I don't believe in any type of bias. But what if you were a really super short secret agent protecting people? Would the person be really scared? Because they're like, you know what? That bullet could just come and, you know, miss you by a foot and just hit jab or something. I don't know. He looks terrified. He's like, that secret agent is too short. No, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I know. Doesn't look disturbed, but then he is disturbed, so I don't know. Let's go on in, let's dig back down on into it. And then after that, gosh, I said I was gonna stop. Every time I said I was gonna stop, I'm going to, but you know what? We need this news. We need this news. I can't stop because we need this news. Now, where is my playlist? I am putting all these original videos without me, you know, saying the truth that people are afraid to say. Uh, you can find these videos on here um, without my commentary. I don't know why you'd want to listen to it, but if you do, it's on here. <clears throat> Let's go into what did Laura see? Let's find out. Hello, this is my second and final look at the Bush funeral moment. Go ahead. Let's walk through this thing one more time. Go ahead. But first, two words of preface. Polite disagreement is always welcome. Always. It's good to bounce ideas and theories off Get to it. the Secret Service agent. Hygienist. Oh, sorry. Hengist Mountbank presents. That's his name. I didn't choose it. H-E-N-G-I-S-T-M-O-U-N-T-E Bank. I don't know what that is. That's that's his that's his YouTube. Anyway, he presents this. Here we go. Rear passenger door. And also please notice the military man. He looks like a high ranking officer. And if anybody could tell us who this man is, I would love to know. Here's a close up of that agent and George Bush inside the car. Can I just say something? Of course I can say something. About these agents? They don't look like reptilians. Remember how I told you? I mean, I know I don't want anybody's brain to explode. Oh, she's talking about reptilians. She's been watching day like, no, no. I know when I see a reptilian secret agent, and I know when I see one with a fake hand, like, you know, the fugitive, only it's not a leg, it's an arm. That These look like human secret agents. Now here we meet the bald secret service man who seems to be in well, charge. He's getting out of the front passenger seat. He goes around and has a, a word with that officer. And here's another angle. Now one thing that is happening here is that they're going to give the go-ahead to the Bush family to come on and get off the buses. And we see that happening in the background. But another thing that I think is happening here is that the Secret Service is giving custody of the President to the military temporarily. Because the Secret Service is going to leave him and enter the cathedral by a different door. Okay, here are the bald agent, and I, I call him Kojak. He's letting Bush out of the car, and Bush gets out and walks back and stands by the military man. Okay, the, the whole Bush family has come together now, 
At the left of this frame, you can see the second Secret Service agent who goes with Kojak into the cathedral. Uh, I think everybody knows who Jeb is. He's the guy behind George Bush there. And the guy behind him in the blue and white striped tie, his name is Neil, and he's another brother. And he's and the one that lost also a boatload of money and never had to pay it back. Behind him, although you can't see him in this frame, is another brother called Marvin. And the next thing Where's that... Where's Marvin? I... It's a black name, I'm sorry. Let's see, you have to see in video. And let me set it up for you. Jeb is not looking where he's going. And when Bush stops, Jeb almost runs over him. And I want you to watch Jeb and Neil's yes, interaction. And then look again, review it again, and look at Bush's reaction. And this will give you an idea about the brother's frame of mind. I'll watch for you, and I'll also laugh for you if they, like, slap heads or something. Bush still walking like a robot. So we saw that Neil and Jeb shared a little laugh there because, yeah, it was a funny thing. He almost stepped on his brother. And a lot of people have been telling me, Hengus Mountebank Presents, please, please give this family a break. They're grieving for their father. They're in deep ah. mourning. And they are. Sure, they lost their dad. I understand that. But the man was 94, I think, years old. And it must have been an expected thing. So Neil and and Jeb are not really broken up about it. That's what I want you to see here. A change of camera angle here, and we see Laura, and she's smiling away. And why not? Because it was funny, you know, and Jeb almost ran over George. And Laura's not totally broken up. I'm sure she's sad. Don't get me wrong, I think she's sad. But she's not broken. Okay, here the family enters the cathedral, and you can see Kojak and his partner falling in behind. And this is, I admit, this is subjective, but when I saw George walking in, at first I thought he was drunk. I have oh. never seen him look so weak. And we knew this guy. We, we knew him for eight years as president. You could throw a shoe at this guy, and he'd hardly be phased. But here I think he just looks very, very weak, a shadow of himself. And again, I know the again. man's father has just died. Let I'm me taking see that, that into I consider. thought, unless he was trying to put on a brave face I wouldn't say drunk I would say like they gave him an extra MK Ultra treatment like whatever they did to Kanye they might have did it a couple of times on, on Jordan you remember Jeb and Neil not so weak looking now this whole exchange I think I think this has been dealt with by other channels very well Dude. I'll just add that when uh, when George Bush takes whatever that is out of his pocket, he looks like Charlie Chaplin. Here they're taking their seats. And just look at Kojak. Look where he's looking. I think he's looking at Trump for confirmation. And they're sitting down. Now I find these seating arrangements very strange. Look on the right side as we're looking at it. The first row is the presidential row. Behind them is the vice presidential row. And behind them are their secret service agents. All right. The secret service to the presidential row. It's a space of two rows. Now, on the left side, what do we have? We have the bushes in the presidential row. And then behind them, the secret service sit. 
which is strange because they're they're breaking up the family. Don't so why? On the right side, the Secret Service can sit two rows back from the presidents, and on the left side, they have to sit directly behind Mr. and Mrs. Bush. That's odd. Now you could say, well, Angus Mountebank presents. Just a moment. That's because the the Secret Service walked in with the Bushes, and it was just easiest to sit down this way. But then I'll say, yeah, remember, the Trumps walked in, and they didn't have a Secret Service escort sticking to them. They didn't have a Secret Service tail on them. They they walked in with that. Uh, I'm sorry, like... I thought I said John Podesta. Maybe my I'm tired. Maybe my contacts are withering off my eyeball. Young cadet, and he was kind of a glorified coat boy. Huh. Well, anyway, here they are standing as the casket is coming down the aisle. And just look at George Bush's face here. My goodness. And he seems to be looking in the direction of Trump. He might be looking at Trump at this moment. And here's a picture of Trump. And I think he's... Now, Trump, you're good that you kept that straight face. I got to tell you. I'm telling you at Bush in this moment and just compare Pence is the one with the weirdo faces and whoever's standing next to him totally once more now Bush looks very broken up here and Laura doesn't she does not look broken up and Trump oh boy I wouldn't want him looking at me that way here why but it's very telling that Donald Trump is not making this gesture well, here we get going, and we're going to sing a song. Here we're singing the song, and here you can see... Now, isn't that one isolated vocal track that everybody wished they had? And then you just isolate them, and uh, like, I would love to remix that. But George Bush is not into it at all. He's singing about the Lord. Can you hear Hillary singing about, you know, forgive us our trespasses? I Holding his program down by his side. Here he remembers to bring the program up, but he's still not looking at it. He is not into this. His mind is elsewhere. Now again, you can say, well, that's because his father just died. But look at it. He has three brothers here, and they're all singing. They're all with the program. Maybe he knows the words. Now later on, they had some pretty funny speakers, and you can see George is relaxing more here. He's smiling, laughing at some jokes. Laura's really into it. She's laughing. She does not, again, she is not broken up. She's handling all of this very well. These people are pros, and they've been on the public stage for a, for a long time. President Trump, we don't really see him looking relaxed, and certainly not laughing along. Who else doesn't laugh? Those Secret Service guys. Look at this. That must have been a really good joke. Everybody's laughing, but not the Secret Service. Well, I guess that's not their job. Right here, this is at 47 minutes and 30 seconds. And George Bush is writing something on the program. And I have to wonder if this is what he later gives to Laura. I have no idea. But I would love to know what he's writing down here. George looks pretty bummed out here. If you look at Laura, she's reading her program. And she studied that thing pretty well throughout the whole service. Here we can see the back of the program, and it's blank. There's nothing written on there. Here Laura looks up because her daughter Jenna is making a speech. But then she's going to look down again. 
reading that program. She reads it pretty thoroughly. George Bush gives his eulogy here. I think he did a, a fine job giving the eulogy. And say something to her, and then he's going to look at Trump, and Trump looks at... You see George Bush, in his left hand, has a file folder. For one, she is looking at it well before Kojak makes any movement. Two, I think we can see the exact moment that George hands her something. And three, this is consistent with her behavior afterward. He's doing it without calling attention to himself. He's handing it off. Now for George to do this, he has to remove his right hand from his heart. He's not going to do it with his left hand. That hand is holding his file folder. So George can only do this when the casket is blocking our view. Here, Laura looks up at George. Yes, George? What is it? Oh, down here. What is this? Oh, let me see. Okay, I'll take you through that. Watch Laura, and also watch the Secret Service, and see if they have any opportunity to make a handoff. Everyone else is looking at the casket, as they should be. Laura has forgotten the casket. Whatever has her attention now is greater than her father-in-law's funeral. It's even made her lose her cool on this worldwide broadcast. Wow. This has to be something very big, and, and it has to be something very bad. So she'll show her husband, right? No, she shows Jeb, and then Jeb loses his cool. He looks like he's just seen a he goat. He tosses his cookies. Meanwhile, his wife looks like she tossed hers. Well, on why doesn't Laura show her husband? Because she got it from her husband. Oh. And this face tells it all. Oh, no. Look, where are everybody's eyes in this photo? Oh, gosh. Do you know what? I, I am actually empathetic because... Wow. They, they, there's something going on there. Oh no! Tell me, where are their eyes? They look jacked What's up. going on here? I'm and why anything. couldn't it wait till they're in the car? That is the biggest question for me. I can guess a lot of things that Laura saw, but I can't imagine why it couldn't wait at least 10 minutes until they're in the car away from the TV cameras. What on earth could have made George Bush to give her that, whatever he gave her, right in that moment? And that's why I guess that maybe he wouldn't be getting in the same car with her. But evidently he did. And I don't think it was one of the envelopes that Hillary got and the Bidens and Michelle. So I could tell you right now. You know, everybody is free to their own opinion, but I am a little bit of a people person, and I have absorbed, watched, not absorbed, I've watched him enough. He's a cancer from what I understand. He does have emotions, and I don't think he's doing too well right there. I don't think Jeb's doing too well. 
and I'm really seeing the age on Laura Bush. I, I do think this that they are not something disturbing happened. I Obama really and Karen Pence. It might have been, but in this Bush moment, we don't see an envelope. Now I'm interested in seeing. Wow, maybe we need to look at the Obamas again. I can't stand looking at Michelle, but gee whiz. Maybe we gotta. All right, I'll be right back. Kyla Powers Radio. Ah, we're going in on the plan. Let's find out the beauty of D5. Here we go, here we go, here we go now. No one is going to hand us the agenda we voted for. We must fight for it. They're not giving it. Oh, okay. That was a commercial. <laughs> Y'all got excited. Going from being an average chess player to a good one depends on your ability to focus on the position focus. rather than the material. Beginners tend to focus on protecting their pieces on the board, and their moves are just a succession of short-term tactical arrangements while the experienced player focuses on optimizing his position and achieving an ownership of the chessboard that will inevitably result in the death of the opponent's king. When the experienced player detects this focus on material, he turns it to his advantage and sets up traps that the greedy and short-term sighted rookie would systematically fall into until he dies with an aborted smile and a distented belly full of the well-packed junk that were graciously served to him. So you want to know about D5? Watch this 1990 Avotkiewicz versus Kaczynski game where Avotkiewicz wins in 25 moves. As you can see, the first major mistake Kaczynski playing black makes is his 14th, the A5 move. He allows Avojkovic to take the pawn and is forced to lose time and make the queen D8 extra move to get the material back. In response, Avojkovic, pretending to still care about his challenge pawn on A5 and to be interested in the B7 pawn, moves his queen to B4 for, in fact, further positioning on e7. At this moment of the game, the highly strategic d5 position is unveiled, but Avojkovic skillfully temporizes, and while his opponent is losing time focusing on material, he's focusing on position. That's the d5! I know all about that right Zinsky's next moves That's show he has not seen the position coming. He protects his b7 pawn with queen c7 and, defeated by greed, falls into the a4 pawn trap. This allows Avojkovic to finally play the 22nd d5 deadly move, which, at first glimpse, does not seem to be bloody, but in reality only offers to Kaczynski the bad or very bad options leading to his unavoidable defeat. That's the spirit of d5. Shiny objects strongly advertised and kindly offered to achieve the final victorious position. Now you understand why the maestro has responded so gracefully to the Grey Wolf's death. If D5, interpreted as December 5th, was the real fatidic date for the deep state in DC, do you think Q would have started to explicitly advertise it as soon as on May 10th, 2018, when he said this? The information that will become public will further demonstrate the criminal and corrupt, pure evil abuse of power that the Hussein administration undertook in the joint efforts with domestic and foreign dignitaries. The snowball has begun rolling. 
There is no stopping it now. D5. This drop was the start of Q's advertisement campaign for D5. Several other drops came later to sharpen the Black Hat's education on the existence of a link between D5 and the FISA declassification. Then, just to make sure his message was well understood, Q widened the trap by saying this, Q2494, D in brackets, EC5, D5, nothing can stop what is coming, nothing. This is the A4 pawn trap Kaczynski did not see. By equating December 5 to D5, Q was making the A4 pawn as shiny as it could get to trigger the response he expected from the deep state. Which one? A false flag to occupy the news cycle and bury the declassification. Q knew this would be their move, so he gave them the December 5 date to have fun with. Ah. The proof is in the following drop made as early as August 5, 2018. Q1816, FISA, FISA, FISA. 20 in brackets. There is a reason why we needed to go mainstream prior to the evidence being dropped. You have more than you know. D5. Where we go one, we go all. Q. In this drop, Q is clearly saying he is not counting on the mainstream media to spread the news about the FISA declassification. He already knew a false flag would happen. And indeed, it happened. Bush conveniently chose to die at the exact date causing December 5th to be a state funeral day. For example, allowing Fox News executives to force Hannity's focus on it and the cancellation of his Clinton Foundation guests. Q2541, Fox execs pulled three scheduled guests. Focus, 41, Q. I am sure that with the Q training you have received, you all caught Comey's November 14th Mira 41 tweet about his dog Benji was about a skull and bones dog. Let's use the Comey template Q provided in Q645 to decipher his tweet. Read carefully. Our dog, our skull and bones brother, Benji, died this afternoon, died earlier. Because he was a rescue, we will use his death to rescue us. We didn't know his age today, except very old, not disclosing exact deceased date. He was a friend to an entire big family as only a dog can be, top member of the order. Goodbye, old soul. As you can see, the template Q provided is very powerful if you understand it. Now let's use the other numeric tools and other techniques Q has given us to know more about this tweet. The timestamp is 644. Really, James? You could not come up with anything less obvious. This 644, which is 2 times 322 skull and bones, indicates there is an extra instance of 322 floating. We will get back to it. Capital letters add up to OBBHG equals 34 equals 32 plus 2, which confirms his 322, but also gives us the phrase Bob HG. You all know who Bob is, right? Now, what is this HG? You have to go very far in left territory to know these things. He's talking about HG Wells, an English writer known for his books, The Time Machine, The Island of Dr. Moreau, The Invisible Man, and The War of the Worlds. Now you know why a time machine was applied to President Bush's death, why his Dr. Moreau was murdered, why the murderer became the invisible man because the first suspect killed himself, and that all this is about the War of the Worlds, 23 versus 32, Trump, 
Q, and us against the international satanic cabal. Do you notice Benji equals 40? Do you remember that one instance of 322 floating? Add it to Benji and you have 41. He coded POTUS 41 in his tweet using the dog's name and the mirror date. To give full credit to his riddle, I'll make you notice something else. This OBBHG equals 34 is a message to Bob and to the Secret Society Network, but also means something else. You know from what I told you from the alphabet, Will, that the 34th letter of the alphabet is also its 8th letter, the mod 26 function think clock. If you drop the repeated B, repetition rule, you get OBHG, and since O equals 15, if you add it to the 8 we extracted earlier, you get 23, which is W. Therefore, OBHG becomes WBHG, or GHWB, the initials for George H.W. Bush. Pretty cool, right? As you can see, as early as November 14th, 2018, JC informed all his friends that they had something in the freezer that could be used for their protection against what they understood to be D5. Exactly 11 days, 2 hours, and 11 minutes later, Q drops Q2501, to which I showed you in my previous post Comey pointed at to activate his Skull and Bones brothers. After talking about the advantages of declassifying after testimonies and reminding us of the beauty of the Executive Order 13526, Section 1.7, Q ends the drop with this, Q2501, Koala, Q. Peruvian coffee, for those who saw this, Koala is actually Benji. Yes, Koala equals 40 equals Benji. Do you see it? This 11-2-11 day, hour, minute queue waited to respond to Comey's Benji tweet was indicating that the Avuchkovich's deadly 11 times 2 equals 22nd D5 move was played. The 22nd move trap was set and the Black Cats did not see it. Yet he has reached out to their intellect several times hinting this 22 equals 11 plus 11 was the strategic move that would bring him victory. Q1357 11.11 provided as strategic marker. Q1234 America will be unified again. 11.11.18.Q. Even the maestro with Scott with two T's free and little Adam Schiff with two T's gave them the hint that they had to study 22 and understand what it really meant. Now do the math. How many days between D5 and 11-11 or November 11th? Yes, 25 days. And how many moves did Avukovich defeat Kaczynski? 25 moves. Coincidence? More? Maybe we should stop. We don't quit. We do not quit. Again, again. Let's take a closer look at Trump's tweet with the statement on the passing of President Bush. Did you notice it starts with December for D and ends with 41 for 5? The last sentence, we honor the life and legacy of 41, kind of gives away that 41 had to be there, right? Now let's draw a vertical line from the beginning of the statement D to its end, 41, and gather all the capital letters we stumble upon. We get two groups of letters, those which start a paragraph and those which don't. DMTPWA-41 and YCNA. Now, look at this MTPWA. 
Look at it carefully. Do you see it's not far from the anagram of swamp? This is the reason why the maestro separated these capital letters, so we could see the hint swamp. Now let's put them together. We get D-MTPYCWNAA-5, which represents D5, encircling MTPYCWNAA. Value for all of these letters is 116, and it is confirmed by the mirrored 61 equals QAnon coded in the 12 plus 49 timestamp. Since swamp equals 72, we deduce all these letters equals swamp plus 44. But since 41 in the statement is G.H.W. Bush, who was 44? Yes, Obama. Conclusion, the capital letters of the statement really mean D, Obama, swamp, dash, five. Translation, with the D5 move, the maestro has surrounded the Obama swamp. More? We don't quit. We do not quit. Again, again. Let's analyze 2531. Q brings the Q1559 Viva versus Vive drop and connects it to Comey and the riots in France. I told you in a previous post about the AE network and that the Vive A was incorrect and Vive E was the right spelling. How many steps do you have to walk from A to E? Yes, five. I showed you examples in the past where letters are displaced in the alphabet using a key to encode, decode messages. Here, the key is five. Do you see it? D5 is the five-step displacement of the alphabet correcting A to E, hence the current correction in France. While the forces of darkness in DC were deceived, spending their frozen items to counter an inevitable D-class that will surprise them, the forces of light were focusing on position. The war is not against dark individuals. It's against the global satanic cabal they are just a small part of. The maestro looks at the entire board, not pieces. After President Trump's election, the cabal made this bold counter move. It needed to be corrected, and here is the A to E D5 correction. Now you know why the vests are yellow and why the next drop is about Hanukkah. Q2532, light through darkness. Do you believe in coincidences? Q. Q2530, Vive la France. Q. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Folks, this is a great time to be alive. Let's stay positive. Let's stay prayed up. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much again for your great guidance and direction in all of our lives, especially in light of all the things that are going on around the world. We ask for protection for our great president and his family. Protect us from the enemy who wants to destroy us in all these channels. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Folks, hit the like button below if you like this video and subscribe below and also the bell if you'd like to get notifications when videos are uploaded. Also, if you want to help this channel out, you can go to my Patreon. This the channel is called And We Know. And now we're going to go in on what else? Q's plan. anymore it's activism nothing more right 
The Obama administration had grown comfortable with the idea of weaponizing government against their political enemies, and it happened over and over again. We had the IRS scandal, we had the AP phone record scandal, the Jim Rosen Fox News scandal, and I ask you this, what happened to any of the people involved? Anyone? Yeah, the answer is nothing. The Obama administration had gotten completely comfortable with the idea of abusing government for their political means. So what happens? They, they, this plan gets hatched, and I'm going to be candid with you. Where exactly it's hatched, nobody is yet sure of to this day. Matter of fact, if you're familiar with my commentary on Fox, I say often one of the great mysteries of this case is what's paragraph one. Paragraph one, what do I mean by that? When I was a federal agent, when you arrest someone, you have to do what's called an MR, a memorandum report. Paragraph one of that MR is always how the case started. I got a call from Jane Doe, bank fraud investigator, said this credit card number was stolen on April 14, 2015. I made a few calls, and the next thing you know, it's an 80-page report about this massive scheme. Paragraph one, though, always lays it out. Always. Do you know to this day we still have no idea what paragraph one, the why they started to spy on the Trump team was? Now, I get it. It was for political. I get that. But at some point, somebody, you have to understand, folks, how to put down on paper a semi-legitimate reason to start the most massive spying operation in a political campaign in U.S. history. Do you know nobody to this day will tell you what that is? I know what it is. So part, the first plan they do to hit the Trump team, folks, is they learn to manipulate these, these uh, about queries. In the, in the NSA database. The NSA has a database of a whole boatload of information, metadata, texts, that kind of stuff. How it works is too complicated in the time I have. But what you can do is you can query that NSA system and you can get a whole lot of information. But what happens about, this is plan A. This is how they're going to get the information. I hope if I'm not following, please stop me because this is important. The Obama administration figures out that through unmasking, in other words, wiretapping people, pretending they're targeting foreigners, and then querying information in this database, that they can get all the political operation, opposition research in the world that they need against the Trump team. It's beautiful. No one's going to call them out. The media's on their side, right? But there's a good guy in this. Hmm. There's a white hat. Somebody in the government sniffs this thing out. That's why I tell you, this wasn't plan A. This was the plan. They were going to unmask people, wiretap people, and they were going to query this NSA database and get all the information they needed about the Trump team. But somebody smells a, uh, smells a problem, and he's not having it. Is it Hillary's And he's the white hat. He's the good guy in this story. And it's Mike Rogers of the NSA. Mike Rogers of the NSA senses that there's something wrong about these about queries. In other words, who's tapping into the database here and making political queries? Now, folks, some of you, I, I don't know what your politics, I assume most of you are conservative, libertarian, or Republican, but that's fine either way. If you doubt any of what I'm telling you, just Google the FISA Intelligence Surveillance Court, their report on about queries. Because Mike Rogers goes to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court and says, Houston, we got a problem. These queries are supposed to follow very specific guidelines about terrorism and, and, and all these metrics have to be. You can't just spy on Americans in the database. The FISA court looks into it, comes back with a report that was released in March of 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, that is devastating. If you haven't read it, you were read it, you are doing yourself a great disservice. Page 80 specifically is horrifying. 
Apparently, the NSA database was being queried by private contractors working with the FBI. These were not even government officials. People within the government were using private contractors to query information they had no, no judicial or legal authority whatsoever to look at. Rogers smells a rat. People panic in the government. Now, conveniently, what happens right after the election? Ten days after the election, Rogers, who knows this has been going on the whole time, these unmaskings, the tapping of the... Now does the Donald Trump tweet, they tap Trump Tower, then how does it make sense? He got the wording wrong. He didn't understand exactly how it worked, but the idea was not wrong. Donald Trump's not stupid, trust me. Guy got elected president, earned a billion dollars. By the way, I love how these journalists criticize him. Journalist, the guy's making twenty-five thousand dollars a year writing clickbait pieces for BuzzFeed. Like Donald Trump's an idiot. The hard pass, brother. Like, well, the, the guy just won the president. He runs for office the first time and he becomes the president. But we're, yeah, yeah. Let me listen to Joey Bag of Donuts at BuzzFeed. You're right. You've got this. It's like so. So about ten days after the election, Donald Trump. Someone goes up to visit Donald Trump at Trump Tower. <laughs> Who visits him? Mike Rogers. But Rogers doesn't tell anyone. This is going to trip you out totally. He doesn't tell anybody in the White House he's going up there. He visits Trump in Trump Tower conveniently 10 days after the election, which from my experience in the Secret Service is just enough time for them to go up to Trump Tower, WACA, the White House Communications Agency, for the president-elect, and set up a skiff where they can talk privately, a sensitive, compartmentalized information facility. In other words, a place where no one can listen in. Rogers gives it about 10 days, goes up there, has this big meeting with Donald Trump, and what happens the very next day? Donald Trump evacuates Trump Tower and goes to Bedminster, New Jersey, to never return for another meeting. You think that was a dink? Like he did that by accident? Oh, let's just go up to Bedminster. I got nothing else to do. Now, again, this is all in the book in intricate detail. The greatest spy story ever told, except the fact that it actually happened. And it happened against you. Rogers has this meeting. Trump evacuates Trump Tower. The very next day, the Obama administration comes out and calls for somebody to be fired. Who's that somebody? Mike Rogers. And they start blaming it on things like drone strikes and other stuff. Like, really? Could you be any more obvious? The Obama administration knows Rogers is the good guy and fills Trump in on this entire debacle. He probably goes up there and says, brother, they're spying on you, like right now. He doesn't know, but now he does. So he leaves. All of a sudden, people start resigning from the federal government after that. You know who also resigns? Bob Hannigan. Now, who's Bob Hannigan? Bob Hannigan is the head of the uh, GCHQ, which is the British NSA. Well, why do you think the head of the British NSA would resign right after that Rogers meeting, right after Trump finds out about this massive spying operation? I'm going to tell you why right now. This is from CNN. See it right there. I didn't Photoshop this. April 14th, 2017. Remember who Bob Hannigan is. He's the head of the British NSA. British intelligence passed Trump associates' communications with Russians onto U.S. counterparts. You think I'm making this up? That's CNN. I didn't write it. They wrote that. So not only is the United States government in plan A, 
weaponizing its intelligence community to listen in and computer search the Trump team to hurt them during the campaign for political oppo. They're working with the British and the Australians to pass information about the Trump team onto the Obama administration. Don't take it from me. Take it from CNN. They find out about this. Now, this thing breaks down about halfway through. They move on to plan B. They move on to plan B. What's plan B? They realize Rogers is on to them. They're like, hey, folks, we better ease up on the unmasking and the tapping into the database. People are getting caught. This is probably not good. We're leaving a massive paper trail. And what if we lose, right? They move on to plan B. Plan B is crossfire hurricane. They say, well, listen, if we can't spy on them illegally, let's just spy on them legally. We have this beautiful thing called the FISA court, where we can walk into the FISA court, we can get a warrant on somebody, and when you get a warrant on somebody in the Trump team, they have this beautiful thing for the Obama administration called the two-hop rule. Well, it's for everyone, that's for Obama. Meaning, if I spy on you, and you're a member of the Trump team, I can hop to everybody you emailed, and then everybody they emailed. So basically, all I need to do is get a FISA warrant on the guy cleaning the floors at Trump Tower, and I've got everyone. Because if he emailed his boss and his boss emailed Don Jr., I get everybody. Beautiful, right? Not really. Because they were stupid. They were dumb. And they screwed up. The problem with the FISA court, unlike the unmaskings and the tapping into the database, is they had to produce actual evidence in front of a judge. There was a judge in a FISA court that needed evidence that the Trump team was working on behalf of a foreign power, but critically doing it in violation of at least one U.S. law. Folks, they had nothing. They had zero. They had nothing on collusion. Nothing. Zero. So what does the FBI and the, uh, the, the, the State Department and the DOJ do? They say, well, we don't really have any evidence. Let's just make it up. We've got this guy we worked with in the past, this, this guy Christopher Steele. Now I'm going to do something. I'm not taking a selfie again. I'm not taking a picture of you. Don't you worry. I'm going to read to you another headline. You need to write this down because this one's going to blow your mind. Any of you read the dossier? You haven't, right? Not many people have. You should. If you haven't read the dossier, don't you worry. Because the dossier was already written back on April 17th of 2007. You're like, ah, what do you mean? I don't get it. Even 2017, right? No, 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 no. I didn't get that wrong. It's written right here in the Wall Street Journal on April 17th, 2007. Who's the author of this critical Wall Street Journal piece? Glenn Simpson and Mary Jacoby, his wife. Glenn Simpson, the purveyor of Fusion GPS. The article is called, How Lobbyists Help Ex-Soviets Woo Washington. Folks, I dare you to take a moment and read that piece. Put it next to the dossier. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same story. It was written 11 years ago. Glenn Simpson clearly had this information about Russian influence in Washington. He wrote 10 years ago. Read the names in the article. You know who appears in this article? Paul Manafort, all of these players. So what likely happened after plan A collapses is 
They say, listen, let's go to the FISA court and do this legally, but we need evidence. We don't have evidence. Don't worry. Hillary Clinton's got a guy at Fusion GPS, says he's got a story to tell. Ladies and gentlemen, Glenn Simpson took his Wall Street Journal piece like it was a movie script, scratched out the names, put Donald Trump's name in there and said, look, do I got a story for you guys? It's all BS. The whole dossier is crap. Read the article. It's a movie script they recycled. It's a, it's a fairy, it's an Aesop's fable. It's made up. It's a scam. Now they're in trouble. They're in a lot of trouble because they realize the dossier in and of itself is crap. And a lot of people at the bureau know it. They need to buttress it with some stuff to make it a little, make it a little harder. Now's where the Michael Cohen story comes in, Trump's lawyer. In the dossier is a very specific allegation, right? That Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, went over to Prague to set up this whole information exchange with the Russians, right? But what's the problem? Michael Cohen had never been to Prague, and his passport proved it. Where do you think they got that name, Michael Cohen? You're darn right. They probably were in that NSA database looking up a Michael Cohen, and they got the wrong guy. I know there's only one Dan Bongino. I can tell you for sure there are a whole lot of Michael Cohens. Are you right? John Smith, John Brown, Cohen. These are common last names. They got the wrong Michael Cohen. So now you should be asking yourself, who the heck was Glenn Simpson dealing with in the government that gave him that name? And how did they get it? Plan B falls apart, too. Plan B falls apart because something happens in November. Donald Trump wins. Nobody, I'm telling you, take it to the bank, cash this check, and spend the money. Nobody saw that coming. No one. Everybody thought Hillary Clinton was going to get in. This was all going to go away. They were going to appoint their own attorney general, probably John Brennan. And this story is never, ever to see the light of day, not in their lifetimes. But make no mistake, they know what they did. They all know what they did. Every single one of them. So they have to move on to Plan C. Plan C, I call it clean up on aisle four. Now they're in trouble. They know they've got white hats in the government. I know one of them right now that's still in the FBI. That's unquestionably cooperating with this investigation if you know how to read the tea leaves. And if you read the book, you'll figure out who it is. People start cooperating and talking, and now people are panicking. Now does John Brennan's meltdown after the election make sense? He's the head of the intelligence community who, again, another thing for you to Google, but it's all in the book again. Who do you think John Brennan met with right before the election at the, quote, director level as reported on by multiple media outlets? Bob Hannigan, the same guy from the British intelligence agency that quits right after Trump's election. He quits 10 days after and doesn't tell anybody about it. He says, oh, I'm leaving for family reasons. What do you mean? You related to Donald Trump? What do you mean family reasons? Family reasons, you're leaving because Donald Trump got elected. Who also quits? John Carlin. Who's John Carlin? He's the head of the Department of Justice National Security Division, the final division in the Department of Justice to put their John Hancock on the FISA warrant. He quits right after the election. Who did John Carlin work for now clean up on all four is going to start to make sense. Who did John Carlin work for before he got there into the DOJ? 
He's Bob Mueller's chief of staff. He was Bob Mueller's chief. Now does Bob Mueller make sense? Clean up, aisle four, get the mops out. Everybody realizes they're all going down. They faked the FISA warrant. They have been involved in massive unmaskings. Susan Rice, Samantha Power. They have been uh, busted by the FISA court, tapping into the NSA database for about queries. They're, they left a paper trail 65 miles long. Bob Mueller has to clean this whole mess up. Bob Mueller is the only... Did you notice how right away they had the name? So Bob Mueller's old chief of staff, he's the cleanup guy. Bob make listen, make no mistake. Bob Mueller's job right now is one thing and one thing only. Keep the heat on Donald Trump relentlessly for anything. Jaywalking, ripping off mattress tags, combing his hair the wrong way. Keep the attention on Trump no matter what. Because the minute the Bob Mueller thing is dissolved, all of this is going to come out. And it is hell hath no fury. It, folks, they left a paper trail. They can't run from this. Mueller is brought in to get Trump impeached because they don't want any of this to see the light of day. Now, why Mueller? Mueller knows every player involved in this and has intimate connections with all of them. The guy who signs off on the BS FISA warrant, John Carlin, his old chief of staff. His chief bulldog in the case, Andy Weissman. Andrew Weissman worked with Bob Mueller. Andy Weissman was the chief prosecutor on the Enron case when Bob Mueller was the FBI director. Remember the Enron case that they screwed up royally? That's how they know each other. Andy Weissman hates Donald Trump. He's on emails congratulating Sally Yates for telling Donald Trump to go pound sand. Look, it's better. Who else does Bob Mueller know? On Bob Mueller's Enron team, it all goes back to Enron. That same Enron team, headed by Andy Weissman, had another lead lawyer on the case. Who was it? Catherine Rumler. Who's Catherine Rumler? Obama's White House counsel, who was Obama's lawyer while all of this was going on. They know each other. Now you may say, fine, so Bob Mueller knows Obama's lawyer while this whole Spygate thing was going on. What's the big deal? You Google George Nader, Daily Beast, you can read an article today. Just popped today before we showed up. One of Bob Mueller's lead cooperators in this case, who's been selling out members of the Trump team from day one, is a guy named George Nader. Who's George Nader's lawyer? Catherine Rumbler, Obama's White House counsel and Bob Mueller's buddy. The lawyer for the lead witness in this case feeding information to Mueller is Obama's White House counsel, otherwise known as the fixer. She fixed everything for them. She was involved in Benghazi. She was involved in the IRS. She was involved in the Secret Service scandal. Just Google her name, put in any one of those things. And who's the person giving the statement? Catherine Rumler. Who was also on that Enron task force? Lisa Monaco. Barack Obama's Homeland Security and Counterterrorism Advisor in the White House while all of this was going on. They all know each other. Your final piece to the cleanup on aisle four operation. Who else does Bob Mueller know? Who now has judicial, excuse me, legislative, uh, uh, who has control over this, I should say, right now in the Department of Justice, right? Rod Rosenstein, right? Because Sessions had recused himself, now Whitaker's in there, uh, which was a good appointment, right? A case happens a little while ago, the 10X case. It's around 2015 or so. 
that happens in Maryland. I'm familiar with it because I worked in Maryland as a Secret Service agent in Baltimore. I wasn't involved in that case at all, but I know the office well. The 10X case goes down in Maryland. The 10X case, a cooperator for the United States government paid $50,000 by the FBI. Comes to the FBI with some troubling information that the Russians are helping the Iranians build their nuclear program and that there's a company helping Russians get a hold of our uranium. It's called the 10X case. It was the precursor to something you may have heard about, the Uranium One operation. The same players are involved. The case gets uh, gets thrown out on a, on, a, on a BS press release on a Friday night so nobody will pay attention. Everybody's gag-ordered, and it all goes away. That the Obama administration, an FBI paid informant, admitted that we were given the Russians uranium while they were building the Iranian nuclear program and chanting death to America. Who was the lead prosecutor on that 10X case, the precursor to Uranium One? Rod Rosenstein. And who's the FBI director? Bob Mueller. Folks, they all know each other. This is the biggest scam in American history. Folks, I beg of you. I really do. You cannot let your legislative people, your congressmen or anyone off the hook, whatever connections you have, you need to keep the heat on this. Because if these people don't go down the right way, unlike the Obama administration tried to do it to us, this will happen again. I'm telling you what they did was such a grotesque, horrendous abuse of power. It disgusts me to this day, and I will never, ever forget that story about that guy we arrested and his crying kid that morning. He wasn't going to see his dad for another year. That's a horrible thing to have to do to someone, and it's a grotesque thing to do to someone to unleash the power of the federal government when they did nothing wrong. And Donald Trump did nothing wrong. The names never stop coming up again, ever. Oleg Deripaska, connected to Vladimir Putin, who's connected to Adam Waldman, a lobbyist who's emailing and texting Mark Warner, a Democrat on the Senate committee. Who's Waldman working for, too? Christopher Steele, the guy working for Hillary. They're connected to the Russians. The people that show up at the Trump Tower meeting, Veselnitskaya with Don Jr. and Renat Akhmetshin. Veselnitskaya works for Fusion GPS on a separate case. And Akhmetshin, the other guy, the Russian intel guy that shows up at the Trump Tower meeting, you know who his lawyer is? Edward Lieberman. You know who Lieberman's wife is? Evelyn Lieberman. Bill Clinton's old chief of staff. Mr. Gorka, question. You know this. Ben, after, after the panel this morning with uh, Joe DeGenoa and Victoria Tunzing and this presentation, we have incontrovertible proof of the biggest political law enforcement intelligence scandal since our republic was founded. Yeah. Is it enough for the right person to become AG? If it isn't, what more do we need for justice to be done? And I get this question all the time. I say, well, what's going to happen? And uh, I'm here to give you the bad news, unfortunately. No, I, I mean it. I'll, I'll give you the bad news and, and the good news. Um, the bad news is um, nothing. Um, I, I am not convinced anything's going to happen to any of these people at all. Remember, um, justice isn't blind in the United States. It's only blind to Democrats. It's, it, that's, I mean, look, Bob Menendez got off. Hillary Clinton got nothing. I mean, it's, it's completely obvious that Hillary Clinton was involved um, in federal crimes. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's just there's no will to prosecute Democrats. And the reason for that, as Sebastian knows as well as a lot of you do, is the media are full of liberals that will protect the Democrats to the end. Um, you know, they'll have Donald Trump uh, potentially 
be thrown out of office for ripping a mattress tag off. Hillary Clinton will, you know, trade information over a private server that the Russians and Chinese were most likely reading and nothing happens at all. Now, you say, well, what's the good news in that? I'm just being candid with you. I'm not convinced anything's going to happen at all. There's a massive paper trail on this. I think you'll get some of the non-politically connected players. I think Andy McCabe's in a lot of trouble. I actually think Jim Comey's in more trouble than you think. Um, that's Again, if I had more time, I'd explain to you why, but he's in a world of trouble. He hit the case from Congress for eight months. He's obligated to report quarterly. I know liberals have a tough time with math, but that means every three months. So it was, Comey's in a world of trouble. But the politically connected players, Brennan, Clapper, John Corlin, Susan Rice, Samantha Power, the people who were involved, I'm not convinced anything's going to happen at all. Um, here's the good news. You know, I always say I hate quotes because I think it's like for lazy men that speak when they say, oh, let me quote someone else. Well, talk yourself. You can't figure it out. But some are really good. And, you know, the, the book The Natural is just tremendous by Bernard Malibu. And in the book, he says, you know, we all live two lives, the one we learn from and the one we live after that. And the only path to true happiness is through suffering. So I always bring that up in the end. Because, folks, it stinks. It physically and mentally wears on you knowing that we're always going to be the subject of ridiculous scrutiny by hacks in the media and police state tyrants in our government that hate us, while the other side gets a pass and gets celebrated on college campuses and they leave like heroes, like Hillary Clinton. But that's your suffering. I mean, I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not here for an inspirational speech. I'm not. I'm just here to tell you that whatever your religion is, Jewish, Christian, whatever it is, the lesson from Jesus Christ and just about everyone in, in the Old Testament is the only path to salvation is suffering. You're here fighting for a cause. You know in the end this is probably not going to work out for you. But one day, you're going to be standing next to Hillary Clinton at the pearly gates of heaven or wherever you may go. And you're going to be able to say, damn it, I did the right thing and stood for what was right. While this joker scammed their entire time. Know your life meant something. And theirs are meaningless. And know one more thing. Although we may not get actual justice out of this, you will get cosmic justice, uh, cosmic justice. And cosmic justice is this. History eventually tells the real tale every single time. Thank you.